0: surprise flash edition of serbian corner <laughs> what is up everybody and welcome into serbian corner the weekend edition of the NBR nuggets podcast i am not voyaslav Vojislav is en route to the united states he had to stay back as everybody knows uh, for an extended stay in the motherland uh, but he is headed back to the u.s now um, so replacing him for this week is myself but i'm joined as
1: always by the star of the show miroslav chuk miroslav how are you doing today Excellent, excellent. My back is a bit sore because I just came back from my from my pickup game. I I'm, I pulled uh, Michael Porter today, but hopefully I will be oh, fine no. for the next for the next Saturday. Pulled a Michael Porter, man! I can't believe it. <laughs> you might have crossed the line.
0: You went too far, Miroslav. Yeah, too sorry. far. Um, man, I'll, I'll tell you what. So appreciate everybody that's here in the uh, in the uh, chat. We had to start a little bit earlier here. I got a date. I got a date, Miroslav. With uh, you. The old wife uh, booked a date, so I'm excited for that. Uh, so we went a little bit early here, but we have some things to talk about. It's a it's a bummer. Now, you, I know you guys do this for the Nugget Serbia podcast, but when there's a show following just like a, a loss that stings, it's almost like it, you almost dread it at parts where you're like, oh man, we got to like rinse that taste out of everybody's mouth first before we get into some of the fun stuff. Is that how you feel today?
1: Uh, usually, when I do the the, the Nuggets Serbia podcast, the the crowd is even uh, even more uh, um, hurt by by the bad loss than I would say the average worldwide audience. So we actually enjoy uh, in in rinsing everybody from from the shame of defeat and <laughs> and saying, "Come on, guys! It's an 82 season game. Let's let's be really down when we fall out of the playoffs." But you know, be, before that happens, there, there's, there's not uh, enough reasons to be that, that sour about things. So, so we were trying to find the silver linings. And, you know, there are maybe six or uh, four or six weeks away from us. So we are concentrating on the good stuff. It is funny,
0: though. I'm watching the standings, and I look up, and I see Phoenix that has nine losses. And I keep thinking, nine times this season, they felt bad. That's not very much. That's like 35 times they felt good, nine times they felt bad. And I'm sitting there watching on I'm like, Denver, it really is every other game. It's 50 50 that you either feel good or feel bad. So um, that, but that is sports. You know, that is, uh, that's what makes Nuggets fans different than Lakers fans. Lakers fans are miserable right now because they've never experienced this. They're like, what is this? Things aren't going exactly the way they were ordained. Um, so about last night's game. You know, there's a lot of discussion. I'll be honest, the online nuggets conversation has not been great the last 24 hours. They've been very, yep. uh, very touchy. And that is, you know, I'm, you know me, Miroslav, I don't like to pin anything on any one player. I feel like the alt basketball just doesn't work that way. Right now, though, you know, Faku is having su- – he's in such a rut, and teams are guarding him differently, and I feel like it's almost affecting him. Like, he's not as bad of a shooter as he's been over these last few games, but yeah. kind of sees the writing on the wall. Everybody thinks he's bad, and now all of a sudden he's living into it. What are you
1: seeing from Faku this season, but really over the last, I don't know, three weeks or so? He is a bit in, in his head for sure. I mean, he was shooting 40% for three last playoffs. right? It's not such a small sample. It, it was like – what was it? How many? Six, ten, ten games. Not right. not a uh, not a small sample on a on a really high high uh, uh, intensity games. I know he can hit those shots, but it, it wasn't just him. I, I, if you remember the game against Utah, the, the the whole team was completely out of the out of the shooting uh, uh, shooting groove because they were on the back to back. And, you know, somehow Jokic is the only one that is not on back-to-back. Everybody else is. But that's, that is how it goes with, with superstars and, and the other guys. So uh, uh, about FAKU, I, I was I was listening to Matt Moore's Locked on Nuggets show for today. And he spent like good 20 minutes talking about uh, uh, why FAKU is... is the, the, the bad grape on the Nuggets roster right now and uh, yeah. I understand him because Matt Moore is a really great analyst, he is really really uh, he has a really good perspective, he has a lot of basketball knowledge and he based that on numbers, he he crushes every day and on video he crushes every day thing about him is like most American analysts, he never saw Fakou play outside of the NBA. And this is why I, I said this like 16 months ago when Fakou first came to the to the Nuggets on your show. I said, listen, guys, th- this is a true legend of FIBA basketball. This guy single-handedly beat uh, the dream team from Serbia, the, t- the, the team that had all the stars from Serbia except from Milos Teodasic. Only three years, two and a half years ago, he had Luis Cola and nobody else on the team, and he went all the way to the to the finals of the World Cup. Facu Campazzo really is a World Cup class player, and he is a player who is worthy of building around him. Problem is, Nuggets don't have the time to do it. Mm. Nuggets don't have the roster around him for him to be. Uh, effective he doesn't have big wings next to him he doesn't have a rim rolling center next to him all those things he needs to completely shine to show his skill on a daily basis not only against bad teams but against every kind of teams i i really firmly believe Faco campazzo can be a starter in the nba for like 10 different teams Mm. But it's really it's really hard with this kind of uh, with this kind of uh, balance on the roster Nuggets have, unless they they like bring two new guys out of nowhere. I yeah. just I just think he doesn't work with the bench anymore.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot there, and it's interesting. Here, here's where I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you in, in a large part of this, and disagree in in a small part. So. I think there's no question right now that Faku does not fit with the ingredients that the Nuggets can play him with, right? Yeah. And that and at the moment, and one of the things that I think works most against you is with Jokic. Now, you what you're kind of indi- indicating is Jokic is also not necessarily a Faku player. Like you need somebody to put a lob pressure That's right. on the rim. And maybe there's a bit of a redundancy of talents there that take away from Faku. So I could I could see that even though Jokic has made almost every Type of player work with him almost every type, so that's a real big mark against Faku. The where I disagree with you though is when you're saying he's worthy of building around. I'm curious, that's the part I'm curious about because I think you're right that if you gave him <laughs> Javel McGee or you know Jared Allen or something, and then you gave him a couple floor spacing, you know, length with, with some shooting around him, could you have something there? Like, yeah, I think actually that would work really well. But the question is, should a team? design their roster around him like that. That's the part that I'm not sure. I'm not sure any team says, "Ooh, Faku, we're going to build a second unit around him." But what I will say is I'm starting to look at the 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 front offices thought process coming into this year and you see how it's played out and you think, "Yeah, how how did they think that was going to work with Faku and just really no no spacing, no rim roller this or that?" And it really is like he is being put in the worst version of himself. So where we agree is that I don't think Faku is a hopeless NBA player, the way Matt Moore, you know, my, my colleague at Locked On Nuggets, it really argues for. But I do think he is hopeless in this situation. And where you and I differ, differ, disagree is I don't think it is he's good enough to warrant you bending. Like, there's a lot of players out there that could be good if you set the deck perfectly for him. But very few players warrant you actually doing that.
1: Yeah, I agree. He didn't prove it in the NBA to... Right. to- to to his, uh, you, I'm concentrating on on the rest of his career. He's he's thirty. He he played for 29, 29 years outside of the NBA before he came there. So yeah, I know, I know, and I understand that. But uh, it, it's just a shame. He yeah. he deserves so much better, and he doesn't deserve, you know, that the 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 shame he's being put through by by a lot of outlets. Because, first of all, it's not his fault that he's playing as many minutes, as I mentioned last week. Right, right. He shouldn't be playing that many minutes. He should be playing in shorter spurts. He should be changing the tempo of the game. He should be this uh, uh, destructive against uh, another team's offense in short spurts. But if you try to rely on him, you know, with... with, I mean, what what's that three-guard lineup of him... And and oh, I Bones. can't believe it,
0: but with with Bryn Forbes and, and, and Bryn Bones, Forbes. Highland, what was that? Like, oh what God. was that? I was so shocked that we saw it, like just beyond shocked that that's where you went. I mean, you're right; the table was not set for him to have a good, uh, you know, a good game last night. But you know, the numbers are what they are at this point. He is one of I think now the one of the 15 worst plus minus players in the NBA, which is pretty jarring when you consider the Nuggets having an above 500 record at the moment. But <clears throat> I am with you. So, do you think if Faku stays in the NBA next year, which I have no idea? you would not be surprised if he landed in a situation that more fit his skill set. And all of a sudden, you know, he actually looks
1: pretty good. Yeah, for sure. There, is, there are many of rim rolling centers in the league, in, in, in the, the second unit. The type of center is a rim roller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I think we could see him making like seven alley-oops per, per match or maybe not seven, right. five alley-oops per match, something like that. He, he, he deserves better. That's, that's yeah. what I want to say. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't know the, the question now. I'm less interested in this idea about like where he exists in a vacuum. Is he a good or a bad player? Like I'm more interested in what does Denver do going forward? And that's a really tricky one because I don't know, you know, with, uh, you know, I, I understand Malone's thought process. There's still only two point guards on this roster. There's Monte Morris. There's Facu Campazzo. Malone of all people does not want to play on principle, a lineup without a point guard. And I understand his principle on that. I think it's a good principle. The question now becomes, is it worth the risk to go out there with no floor general, no true point guard, no true ball handler? Is it worth that risk just because you see some of the weaknesses here? The other thing I wonder about Faku is, and I think it's definitely true, again, of this situation he's in, but I also wonder how it extrapolates even if he is in the perfect situation, is I feel like teams have a great scout on him right now. Because it's not just the shooting. The shooting is the part that's in his head. But it's really – there was a play yesterday. This will probably make the list. He comes off of a double stagger screen and curls towards the rim, and nobody moves. The defense is just like, yeah, you're not going to the rim. We know that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and those are the ones that I wonder if that's the scout now is let him get to the paint. Let him get in there because – don't collapse because that's what he wants. And if that's the case, that's the part that, that worries me. But – You know, we'll see what Denver does. We'll see what they do going forward. I mean, Malone has an interesting quandary on his hands. My suspicion is Faku will continue to play, continue to play a lot of minutes, and Malone will continue to move the pieces around him, meaning maybe try Davon Reed and Austin Rivers this next game rather than try a lineup without Faku. Is that what you kind of predict? You
1: see, I I kind of like the Breen Forbes addition in a vacuum. Because he he is an elite shooter, and Denver definitely needs shooting, I have to agree with uh, uh, with Dave Defour, who said, "What do you expect from Bryn except getting <laughs> open shots?" Uh, thing is, I don't think he can get a lot of open shots on the second unit right that will be a problem nobody nobody can create an open shot for Bryn Forbes, and he will have those four of thirteen nights again because of that and I have a really really hot take idea of, of moving Bring Forbes to the starting lineup <laughs> and and moving Monte Morris to the wow. to the to the bench. He's trying to to <sighs> completely gamble with with Will Barton and Jokic and uh, AG as your point guards and and move Monte to to have a real floor general on the bench but there there would still need to be another trade involved there to get somebody bigger because monte is not helping with size
0: so i don't know how you want to do this today miroslav because i know that was number one on your
1: docket with some brin forbes
0: is this should we is this the burek uh, are we, is this how we're opening up, or are we gonna throw that out for the week?
1: Yeah, we we can call we can call it. I I don't care. It's 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 not important.
0: <laughs> we might have to throw it out for the week since I'm doing double yeah.
1: duty of hosting and producing. But
0: yeah. okay, so that is a hot take. Bryn Forbes in the starting lineup.
1: It's I'm just not- because he doesn't make any sense on the bench lineup at this point.
0: <laughs> is it he- possible? He- Here's an interesting take. Is it possible that Bryn Forbes just doesn't make any sense? Maybe he makes sense when you know the full roster is complete you know and that's when you'll start to see more minutes or or mixing up <sighs> the starters is dangerous
1: yeah well when everybody is back then you can put him on the bench with monte and with michael porter i guess right. i don't think michael porter should get back to the starting lineup with the uh, with the I agree with worries that. we have with him so with monte and brin and and michael porter and uh, and i don't know j mike whoever i think that that works that really works because you have two extreme threats from the outside and uh, the the collapse will be much easier in that situation but right now for these 14 games we have until the all-star break i would experiment a bit at least try it and guess Detroit or something, somebody like that. Just try to to see how it looks like, because if Bryn Forbes is your fifth option on the offense, and he's just shooting forty eight percent for three, like a, a fifth option, you can probably live with his defense. I was I was keying on his defense last night, and I have to say, it wasn't terrible, it wasn't great, but he had some. He had some uh, deflections that resulted in steals even. I know, he's not he's not guarding anybody really, but <laughs> he had some lapses at the beginning, but for f- I'm pretty sure he had no idea, idea what he was supposed to do. Yeah, in the new, he was in the new a system. lot
0: of like looking around and asking guys yeah. like, am I, yeah, is that me, yeah. is
1: that him? Like what, is it? yeah. Yeah, that's right. But at one point, I, I, I thought he even fi- find some groove on defense really. So <laughs> I would experiment. I mean, it's easy for me. It's not my job on the line.
0: I love, Eric's calling me out here. It's hard. I'm doing double D. Why aren't you producing, Eric? What's going on here? Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> it, it it is tough, man, because I look at this and I go, Bones Highland scares me in a playoff series. He scares me because he reminds me a lot of Michael Porter Michael Porter's rookie season where it's like, you're going to get into a playoff series. Teams are going to be like, here's our game plan. We're going to go at this guy. And it's going to really, because his bad moments are really, really bad. But Denver does need, unlike Bryn Forbes, and even Monte Morse can do this in the pick and roll, put pressure on the rim. But Bones Highland has that ability to get by his man without an advantage. Just, hey, I just dribbled past him. And I don't know that Monte has that ability. Like he needs the pick and roll. He needs sort of these plays. So I look at that and I go, Bryn Forbes is probably taking Bones Highlands minutes. That's If you get to your final form with Monte off the bench, now it comes down to who's the shooting guard and you have to decide, is it Bones, is it Rivers, (laughs) is it Bryn? And that's where I get a little bit worried because Bryn Forbes can shoot and is probably a more reliable shooter. But one, Bones is a more important part of the long-term operation. And two, he does some things that he can't. So I'm a little conflicted about what Denver is going I, I wonder if Bryn Forbes now, after watching last night, I wonder if it almost complicates things, not eases the
1: pressure. It's also a possibility that they they will try him for for ten games, and then they can just flip him again because he came alone in a trade. I don't think there is a thirty day, uh, you know, mandatory wait for for him to be traded again. I might be wrong on that, mm. but you know, he's a salary. He's a four and a half million. You also have Faku on a four million, something like that. You have Zeke on a rookie scale so it's possible we can we will be we will be seeing another move but what if brin works i i was looking a bit at his numbers last season in milwaukee because this season he's playing right. for san antonio and right, right he was playing for san antonio that's not going anywhere right and uh, and last last season milwaukee was a good team and, you know, Giannis is a big playmaker. It's not the same kind of playmaker like like Jokic, but there are some similarities there. And he had some really, really great numbers. Uh, uh, if we look at the types of uh, possessions he had, he, he was, uh, of course, really great as, as a spot-up shooter. He had uh, something like 180 possessions, 93 percentile. Really, really great. He shot 45% on five attempts, but only on 18 minutes. So that's like nine attempts per 36, which is awesome. That's that's like that's been done like three times in history. All right. It was JJ Reddick, Steph Curry, <laughs> and yeah, and also Steve Novak, my my crush from NBA 2K back in 2011, Steve Novak. He was
0: a great so, shooter. He had a, such a balanced shot. Oh shooter. yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I love that guy. I love that guy. And then he also was really good at on handoffs. Admittedly, only on like two handoffs per game, but he was 88 percentile on handoffs. Now, mm. granted, that's also, you know, uh, kind of spot ups, you know, he, right, takes, right. The, he, he yep. takes the ball in the handoff and shoot, but still 88 percentile. That's great. Interestingly enough, on only 44 possessions, which is like once every two games, he was a pick and roll ball handler. Now, this is an extremely small amount, and yep. that could be really a blimp on the on the statistical uh, s- sky. But he was ninety six percentile as a pick-and-roll ball handler. I don't know. Everybody says he doesn't handle the ball at all. Right. I don't know. Maybe we can see him as a tertiary creator. Right. If you have a right. Monte to Jokic, pick-and-roll doesn't work, AJ to Jokic doesn't work, try with Brin, see what happens. Who knows? If it If it would work... On a small sample, I can even see Bryn being re-signed next season. I mean, if it works, if, if it's effective, because he has that $4.5 salary that could be increased by 20% or something like that next season. Denver cannot afford anybody more than on a minimal deal. So that could be an interesting fa- uh, salary filler for the future.
0: I, it's such an interesting thought. When you talk about tertiary ball handler, I had actually look at it this way. I don't think a Bryn Forbes Jokic pick and roll is going to create the advantage you want. But I do wonder if, you know, a Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll obviously creates half steps and full step advantages and then you swing it to him. Can he turn that into an immediate second pick and roll? And you're yeah. already starting with a half step or full step advantage and now he capitalizes on it. And I think that's where it is. So it's less about... The first pick and roll didn't work. Let's try one with Bryn Forbes. Yeah, and yeah, got, the right. first pick and roll did work. The defense is scrambled. And now you just run that handoff and the defense has to go under because they're so far behind. And now he hits that one. So I think that's in theory how it works. The question is just, here's actually the real question. I think the Denver Nuggets right now have a lot of utility players that have value and weakness, and extreme weaknesses, including Bryn Forbes, who can't guard anyone and is really small. Yeah, Malone, this has been, in my opinion, maybe his worst trait when you talk about what is he you know, good or bad at, if you don't give him a clear, this is the rotation, these are the guys, this is what you do, but instead of fill it out, what does this game call for, I just feel like he's really bad at that. And so now it's, is this a Davon Reed game or not? Is this a Faku game or not? Is this a Bryn Forbes game or not? Is this a Bones Highland game or not? All, he now has to balance all of those, and I think he does a hard, a poor job on that when there's one decision there, but now yeah. you have to decide a combo between four or five guys that may or may not play on any given night. Oh, by the way, DeMarcus Cousins as well. And I just that that worries me. That that really worries me for Michael Malone. So that's my that would be my concern. But let's move on because I want to talk about that's the more immediate reaction to what just happened, but yeah. you sent me a list of things that you wanted to talk about today and I want to get into those including and this is Miroslav's words here. A marriage a marriage like chemistry between Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic. They're so good, they're like a married couple together, Miroslav. You've been very early on the Aaron Gordon is a great fit with Jokic after watching them yeah. play. Why Why do you think that they have this marriage-like chemistry?
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's time for, for kind of a dead joke to begin with. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like those two are a long-tenured couple that rescues each other in uncomfortable situations <laughs> like for instance if you and your wife are uh, hanging out with parents of kids your kids going to school with and some of you, uh, one of you start uh, some kind of uh, Conversation that is not pleasant to other people because, you know, you don't know them or whatever. The other, the, the other one immediately jumps and changes the subject or move it to the comical situation, something like that. Right. This is what what Nicola and 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 Aaron Gordon do right now, because there are some really really organic situations I can see. Like against the Clippers, there was this uh, fast break when there was Jokic to AG AG to Jokic Jokic to AG AG back right, to Jokic like right. four passes you're right you don't see that in the NBA yeah. i only saw that in like european national teams when the guys played together for 10 years and know exactly how each other breed that's that's really that's really a great thing or or maybe yes of course the game winner when Jokic shows Aaron Gordon as the finisher. He was not the best shooter on the team at that particular moment, but he trusted Aaron Gordon, not Barton, not Monte. He he chose Aaron Gordon as the as the best option. He was right. He was right. It's, it's, really, it's really organic bet- between those two. Sometimes Aaron Gordon would just cut at full speed, 100% speed, to the to the paint and Jokic will just find him on that cut and that turns into explosion on the rim. Right. You you need such such trust between the guys to do that. I mean they will never be as little as Jokic and Murray just because you know the the difference of the of the positions on right. the court. Of course Jamal Murray is a great clutch player yada yada but you know Aaron Gordon is a four or three fours three slash four and When they do a switch on a pick and roll, there is never as big of an advantage achieved like with a guard. But I'm really, really loving what I see from them, and I hope it will grow even further. So imagine if Jamal returns to like 90% of the shape for the playoffs, and they just do one pick and roll with Jamal, one pick and roll with... With AG. it doesn't have to be a pick and roll. It it can be whatever with with Ag because we've seen so many different actions between those two. That could really really mess up the the, the defenses on the other side. And I'm I'm really excited about that. I really am. I, the play you're talking about the give the give and go on the break. Yeah. It,
0: it's a bummer that didn't get more shine. I mean by me, I'm saying like that's a bummer for me that I did we didn't give yeah. it because that really was. You're right. That was a great play. That was a unique play. Like, those are the type of plays where you're like, man, beautiful. Like, beautiful. Two very unselfish players. By the way, AG had a pass last night, too, that was a skip to the corner to AG, and then he quickly right. threw it into Jeff Green. And you look at that and you go, man, what a great Jokic player. A guy that doesn't, that sees the next play and can make the pass like real quickly. So I'm with you. I, I really like Aaron Gordon way more than I expected to like him. I just love his game. I think Jokic, I'm really curious what Jokic says because he hasn't. He doesn't really ever shout him out. But you do see those moments like that where there's just such great chemistry. And I think, man, those guys are going to be so good. And in particular, they're going to be so good once you add a little bit more floor spacing in Jamal and Michael Porter. And I think AG is just really learning how to capitalize on playing with Jokic that when the spate court opens up, I, I think he's going to feast. I really do.
1: Yeah, I don't remember Yoki speaking much about Jamal Murray as well before <laughs> the bubble and everything. He was kind of choosing, you know, the the Jamaal Greens of the world and right. and other guys to right. to fuck. Who I don't know. Some guys he likes to lift up. I, I guess he feels that Aaron Gordon is on a high enough level right now that he doesn't need to. To, to do anything more outside of the court. They're they're really, really clicking well. And and you add Jeff Green to that as well. Jeff Green is also a Jokic player. And that's that's really you just give him veterans, man. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Give him give him uh <laughs> a crazy athletic smart veterans like Jeff Green and uh, right. um, it, it's just the George formula. Carl influencing you, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is.
0: About, I mean, he has been me he too because I look at this and, you know, especially three, four years ago, I always loved the upside and you got to play these guys and, like, what can young players do? The more you watch Jokic really blossom like this and the more you get into it, that you're like, Jokic just needs, like, seven Jeff Greens. Like, Jeff Green's good. Jeff Green's not awesome. He's just good, and he knows what to do. And I'm like, if Jokic has had seven guys that know what to do, I don't care if they're good or bad. They just he's going to crush with them. And I do. The, the, George Carl has really like influenced my perspective. It's part of why I love talking, obviously, to the the legendary coach. Um, but Aaron Gordon, and I love your point about Jamal Murray because you're right. When Jamal, when Jokic said, "I truly believe Murray is a superstar in the bubble," I remember being blown away because I was like, yep. I've never heard him rave yeah. about jamal before like i know he liked him but i'd never heard him like really stick up for him and it came out of nowhere and was the biggest compliment you could give and i'm like okay so maybe he does feel the same way with aaron gordon he's just withholding
1: yeah 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 maybe he's just waiting for the right time to do it <laughs> like after after they after they win in seven games against utah this season
0: yeah. It's also funny because I remember in the preseason and this shows you how much Aaron Gordon has grown as a Jokic player. But I remember in the preseason, a pick and roll where Aaron Gordon didn't roll and Jokic jumped and threw the pass to where he was supposed to be. And it turned out to a turnover. And I remember Jokic being so frustrated. You could see him be like, ah, like was so mad at Aaron Gordon. So I wonder if it started from that place and now it's here. And look, Jokic Jok is funny. One thing I will say about Jokic, he is, I think, slow to compliment people. You know what I mean? Like he's a tough, he's a bit of a tough love guy in that way. And that's what makes it perhaps so much more meaningful when he actually does call a guy out like a Jamichael Green or like a Murray or like, man, he must really love that dude that he said any, literally anything positive
1: about him. He speaks to media every day and is really bothering him. So that's just some extra effort he needs to put in to compliment somebody. So they really, really need to to earn it. Yeah. So he will just say it. Okay, from the bottom of my, of my heart, I want to play with this guy forever for yeah. any reason.
0: <laughs> Where with do you think J-M. Aaron Gordon ranks on the chemistry scale? Let's do the chemistry scale with Jokic real quick. Number mm-hmm. one, I think
1: Jamal Murray. Yeah, Jamal, good. Jamal, Jamal, no question. And I would put him on number two for sure. Wow. Number two, Aaron Gordon. Then uh, I will put. Uh, I will put uh, Monte, and yeah, after Monte, Monte,
0: this year in particular, it's just really. cool. Yeah. those guys have a great. This yeah. thing about moving Monte to the bench is like Monte and Yoke really have a thing going
1: right now. It's 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 really interesting. I was I was even thinking about you know uh, starting with Jamal when he returns off the bench. Of course, you would be closing with with Jamal, but imagine if Jamal. Gets in the game on the six-minute mark and just destroy worlds, completely yeah. fresh. That, I mean, this this is something the Clippers used to do a lot before, you know, with with Tres Harrell and with uh, with Lou Williams as yeah. their de facto second and third best player playing off the bench. So uh, it's it's really interesting. I don't know. I mean, Monte is a great floor general for the for the bench. But he really needs some bigger guys on the bench. And I have to be honest, the, the end game, last three, four minutes against Memphis, I, I should compliment Malone on those last three, four minutes because he actually didn't go small at the end like he usually does. He actually started closing with the starters, including Jeff Green. And then he changed Jeff Green with, uh, with Zeke Naji. And he I like that. Out.
0: He fouled out, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he didn't put in a, a third guard. That's he tried to, to, to continue with a big one. So Right. Yeah. It's, it, it We'll see some changes for Malone for sure. We'll yeah. do it. We, we'll see it.
0: Memphis has so many good shooters that sometimes, sometimes I like to analyze this game because I love basketball and I like all the little pieces. And part of me just goes, maybe it is just shooting. <laughs> maybe the NBA has become so simplified that if you just have – five shooters on the court like it doesn't matter your margin for error so wide that it doesn't matter and you know Memphis went cold in the second half so maybe there maybe there's just this limit on even if you have all good shooters guys do just go cold but when you watch that first half and Ja like Jokic this unstoppable player and then the defense is so compromised that helping off of any of the other four players creates a wide open three. Maybe basketball is that simple. I mean, in today's NBA, I really sometimes I sit here and I think that, like, when I watch Jeff Green make great screens and cuts, and I'm like, that's awesome. And it's like, yeah, but Michael Porter makes threes. That's way better.
1: Yeah, I, I missed that that time, and they they look exactly like like eighteen, nineteen, or was it seventeen, eighteen? What was the season they didn't qualify for the for the playoffs? Seventeen, by eighteen. One? Seventeen eighteen, 18. Yeah, that that was a great season. I have to be completely honest. I watched all the games, but I didn't care as much as like or like I do today. I wasn't really? emotionally, I wasn't emotionally invested in the team in seventeen eighteen like I I am now. When they would lose the game, I would look at the box score and yeah, Jokic had twenty two, twelve and eight, and okay, it's okay. They're building up it's it's not their time yet but you know they had that crazy stretch at the end of the season when i really felt okay this might be their time this, this they 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 might get to the playoffs and and try to make some noise in the playoffs of course in the first round not more than that and i missed that time man because that was so carefree that was beautiful every win was so delightful and every yeah. loss was ah okay we'll get them next time come on right. we're right. young and 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 powerful then if you remember that team they we had like seven guys in double digits back then Jokic was only scoring 120 points per game right right Jamal was scoring 18 and you had like five guys between 10 and 13 right and and you you don't have the, the same similar thing uh, with Memphis right now because you have four guys that score like 17 points per game or more but that's because Dylan brooks missed a lot of games and right. now he's he's catching up with with the points per game but that team man so many competent players right. and nuggets used to have that all they of them won was again though that's the thing is they yeah. won.
0: Eventually you're going to get to where you talk about guys that can really make an impact on any given game. It's going to be Jokic, Murray, MPJ, Gordon, right. Jeff Green, Barton, Monte. Like, they're Eventually at a point where on any given night you expect three or four of those guys to play well. Maybe not all of them, but the volume of players, you're like three or four of those guys are going to play well. And then all these other guys—your Faku's, your Rivers, your Bones—even if zero of those guys play well, you're like it doesn't matter because we had, there's still all these other guys to do so. So, I I am very hopeful about the Nuggets, what their final format. And I was thinking about this last night with Faku's struggles. Jamal Murray really just needs to be better. At 80% or whatever he comes back at than what Faku is right now, which is actually a pretty low bar, if you think about it. Just yeah. Denver's unit they have so far has been very good. Their starting unit benched so bad. Can Murray just replace Faku and be 50% better, you know, than him? And I think it's very likely. And if you do that, games like last night, those are wins, those aren't losses. So that's right. And Memphis is a good team. We got to keep it moving though, because I wanna hit some of these topics that you sent me here. What will the Nuggets record be at the all-star break? Um, so without re- before prior to re- reinforcements,
1: what are you yeah, thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, they are Let me see, twenty three and twenty one. They have okay. fourteen more games before the All Star break, and to tell you the truth, I did this analysis before the Memphis game, so I was oh. a bit on the ups, upswing, right? Did you right have a then. win at Memphis, Mem- a win against Memphis. Yeah, I did. Oh. I I did have it. I was I was certain they will get it.
0: Oh, no. And I was,
1: I was bummed about it. I mean, Memphis is is really, really good, really good. But come on, man, we destroyed Lakers before that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we didn't Clippers. destroy the Clippers like we should have. Right. But you know, there were some some uh, some silver linings f- from those games and then you had the utah game that was you know back on to, back to back right. and nobody could hit any anything and that was that was the jokic game when when he said everybody knows they yeah. can shoot right correct he was correct he, they shot like Four of 33 three from the three-point <laughs> line. I mean, what's up with
0: that? He was, he was correct. That is right.
1: <laughs> Every shot was 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 short. They just didn't have their legs behind uh, under them. So when I was analyzing this, I thought they will go nine and five in these fourteen games, and it's not an easy schedule because I think they will lose a game against the Nets on the back-to-back they will lose against the bucks in milwaukee they will lose against the jazz of course on the back to back
0: so late so then,
1: late listen so listen annoying. man then again against the nets on the back to back oh god so both games against the nets on the back to back and then against the raptors on the back to back as well so they have four back-to-back series in next 14, 14 games. Bro- Brooklyn is not a back-to-back the second time. Is not?
0: No, there's mm. there's a day off. They played New Orleans on the 4th, they played Brooklyn okay.
1: on the 6th. I might have made that mistake. Okay. Still a lose. Six, yeah. Still a loss. I don't know. It's I don't a tough I, game, yeah. yeah, it will be a tough one. But I do predict two good wins okay. in this series and that's the one against the Bucks at home. Okay? And then against the Warriors on the road just before the All Star break. Oh, okay. I'm low on the Warriors.
0: They're really bad right now.
1: <laughs> I'm really. You know what, what's their record without. without uh, oh, man. Uh, and, yeah,
0: it's four and seven or something like four that. Four and seven. Yeah. And
1: you know what's their record when Steph uh, hits three or less threes? What is it? Six and six.
0: Yeah, but you know something he does that's only 12 games all year he has like most of the time yeah, he does hit
1: more than 3 so <laughs> I agree. I agree but but he has he had some really horrib- horrid shooting nights. Along with those great ones.
0: I'm so curious to see what games they rest yoke. I would
1: suspect, and I think they need to.
0: I mean, look, they lost all their players last year. I'm not trying to like jinx this or curse or, or, or scare anyone, but they lost all of their guys last year at the part of the schedule that was unfair, where all of these games were happening in a short span. And they yeah. tried to plow through. And you lose start losing Barton, you lose Monte, you lose Murray, you lose and to me, I look at that and I go. The Nuggets have that road trip. Well, by the way, road means you're not sleeping as much because you have these weird travel hours and all this and yeah. that. They have all of those games and back-to-back. So I think you got to Marcus Cousins at Brooklyn on a back-to-back. Don't play Jokic that game. Just don't. You're probably not going to win anyway, and there's just no point. Give him three days off between the 25th and the 28th. Let him sit that one out. You play Utah. This one's tough because it's a divisional team. You play Utah on the second night of a back-to-back. Don't play him. Just don't play him. Like, you have to punt those games. Your odds of winning are low anyway. I know you don't want to be come into this where you're punting, you know, where you get used to saying we're not trying. But I'm telling you, we're so close to Murray coming back. Don't lose another player that handicaps you right before yeah. that. And to me, I, I just – I'm praying that the Nuggets are, have learned a lesson
1: in the past years. Would you be fine if they're 500 before the All-Star break?
0: <laughs> well, it's tough because I think they have a the six-game road trip. By the end of that road trip – Uh, And actually, so when you say before the All-Star break, the All-Star break happens February 16th is their last game. They come back from that and have another two out of three on the road. To me, it's after that period that you look at and say, okay, then they're going to have like five more home games than road games to close out the year. So if they're 500, really sneaky, they're a little bit better. Would I be happy? No. But is it reasonable? I think sadly it probably is reasonable.
1: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's <a bummer>. no. <laughs> so, so, so mediocre.
0: <laughs> uh, kafana Jokic. I don't know what this means. Kafana Jokic.
1: Yeah, kafana is is uh, is a bar slash restaurant. You know. Okay. But it, it's the one. I, I don't know if you remember Jokic's picture, like, like from last year when he just came to to. To to Sombor and you you see a bottle of Yellen beer in front of him and a lot of cigarettes all around and the uh, uh, the tablecloth that is like in squares red and white squares something like that so it's it's a very uh, a foggy place okay you know usually have live music but it's just a corner where where we should we should speak about Jokic.
0: Oh, oh I, I got you. Okay, so that's what it is. So Jokic has four triple doubles in a row. Three of those were 30-point yep. triple doubles. This last one, it was a bummer because I bet on the 30-point triple double. I came up short. He yeah. only had 26. A little too passive in the first quarter. But yeah. uh, the triple. he's just in a, a triple-double streak right now. And really... He's had some real peaks the first, like, 10 days of the season. Jokic was playing some of the best ball I've ever seen. But over this last four or five games, it's right back up there to that same yeah. level. And I think it coincides – honestly, the season coincides with when Denver's first unit is healthy with Jeff Green and, and Aaron Gordon and Will Barton and Monte, Jokic's numbers have been through the roof. So I, my personal opinion is this Jokic we're seeing, he's here as long as that lineup is together. And then when Murray comes back, might even go up a whole other level.
1: Yeah, well some of his numbers might drop but they might be better because of it because you know right. he doesn't have to play all of those four quarters and and such stuff but this week he was 29 13 and 12 on 62 50 87 shooting splits <laughs> that's insanity I know it's a four four game stretch is not a big it's not a big sample you know Should
0: that... be player of the week though <laughs> Right? Yeah. I mean, they, I don't they, know what LeBron did this week. I'll have to check. But you know, <laughs> uh,
1: they were two and two. So yeah, it,
0: it always is tough. Uh, uh,
1: uh. I, I don't think he'll get a single a single Player of the Week this season for some for some reason. <laughs> I that mean, yeah. I mean, there is a reason because they're never four and four and O right, in a right. in a in a week or three or you know right. that would be it's true enough. So yeah, that's 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 bad but uh i don't know i mean they're two two and two because they played utah on the back to back i'm not saying they would for sure win against them if the circumstances were normal but you could have seen just they they just couldn't hold up right. you know if if they shot like like 35% for the three on that on that match that's that's an even even matchup so yeah it's it, it was a bummer but I'm glad this week we saw Jokic meeting Baba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a real highlight for me. Thanks to thanks to Molly Hunt, aka Molls Balls '84.
0: Well, it's funny you say this because you know Molly, when she did it, her thing was how do we show Jokic that we love him and how much he means to us. And I honestly feel like this mission accomplished because when you saw the video of Katie Winji showing him this, yeah. I genuinely think that was his response: is like, wow these people get me and they they the message was received i am appreciated by this fan base
1: yeah I, at at the first moment when i saw that molly's original tweet i was like what, what what's this i never heard of something like this that's that's that sounds insane yeah. why why would somebody do that but then when i saw how the idea moves along and that there is a therapy horse involved a one year sponsorship in in in, uh, uh, in honor of, of the greatest player in, in the basketball, I was blown away. And of course, yeah. his, his uh, reaction was very logical and I'm sure he will move, meet Baba eventually, yeah. but yeah. just he won't have any cameras around him for us to see that. But you know what's interesting? Baba in Serbian means grandmother. And I don't know about you, but my grandmother was a great, great person she was always comforting me, so, so I'm pretty sure Baba will do a similar job in Denver area. I'm I'm really I'm really glad this this thing happened. Uh,
0: I am as well. Great job by Molly. And you know what's funny when we were just talking about you know Jokic's triple doubles, four in a row right now. He didn't have triple doubles to start the season, if you recall. And I yeah, think part of this was because Michael Porter was basically turned into Faku for, for for ten games because he was injured, like he couldn't score. So if yeah. you cut out that stretch and you cut out the stretch where. Will Barton was hurt or Monte Moore's like there was another stretch where the starting unit was really bad. I mean, we had our old last year starting unit. So if you just count the, the minutes when I would say Jokic had a competent supporting cast in the starting lineup, he actually is getting a lot of triple doubles. So that's why I wonder if triple double Jokic is actually back. Not every game like it has been for four in a row. But again just playing with guys that you have to, that you have to be honest with you know the defense has to be honest with maybe we're back up there to the ten assists because the assists are the thing he hasn't been getting but maybe that's maybe those are,
1: are back I don't know Interesting interesting thing about it if you look at the tally of his triple doubles per seasons the only season he didn't have any triple doubles was his rookie season because he was playing right. on limited minutes but then he had like 6 in his second year then 10 then 12 13 16 and this, team, this season, I really feel he can hit that 20, 20 mark because he's already at 11. He played in 39 games. He yeah. still has like 38 games left. Right. I really feel he can do it. I, I wonder what, what you think. Will it be harder for him to hit the triple doubles when everybody turns no. or will it be easier? Easier. So much
0: easier. I really believe it because you have to guard. like Even when you just talk about... Jamal Murray being back, who knows how many minutes. It's just one more shooter that people are going to be like, I can't help off of this guy. It's my job I can't help off. So I think significantly easier. My only question with Yoke in that regard is, will he stay as aggressive as we have seen as a scorer? Because I honestly believe he does things different. He always sets the table first, takes over later. I really wonder when Murray comes back, if he can make life easy on Murray by taking over first so that the defense is double, 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 everybody, sending everybody. And then you go like, all right, Murray, you're going to get a lot of open shots right now because they're not leaving me open. And I think that would be the rest. To me, that would be the recipe for success. But we got to close up here, Miroslav, because I I got a runner. I'm going to get divorced. But uh, (laughs) I want to... I, last week we missed out on this and I want to bring it up. There is a Ser- a Serbian basketball legend I want to learn about here uh, from Sombor and it's not Nikola Jokic.
1: Yes. So in today's fact of the week, Serbian fact of the week, I'll tell you a story about the first basketball superstar born in Sombor, Serbia in 1938. His name was Radivoj Korac. His nickname was Rucko, which means ginger and on the color photo, you will see why. Yeah, so maybe you, you can see why yeah, he was tight called. That, out, that ginger.
0: Uniform is. My goodness.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Very tight. He, he, he looked played like
0: in a, Andre the 60s. Like you know, <laughs> play
1: he played in the 60s. Come on. That, that yeah. was very normal 60 years ago. So he played for 15 seasons, first 13 of them for OKK Belgrade, which is interesting enough former Voyas club, where he averaged insane 30.7 points per game in a 40 minutes game. I'm talking about Radivoj, not Voya. I don't know about Voyas, <laughs> Voyas averages. Okay, so in 1964-1965 season, his OKK Belgrade was a champion of Yugoslavia, and he played two EuroLeague matches against Swedish champion Alviks. He scored 71 points in the first match (laughs) and then 99 points in a rematch. (laughs) This record still stands in the EuroLeague history. 99 is a bummer though, man. 99... In That's a 40 important. minutes game.
0: 49 point triple double. It's just a little disappointing.
1: Yeah, so no threes and 40 minutes game. Come on, yeah. man. 99, 99 points. Get 100. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, his Euroleague average for his career was 43.6 points per game. He won six medals for Yugoslavia in the Olympics, World Cup, and Eurobasket all of them most of them were silver medals that was the time before yugoslavia really started collecting yeah. gold medals on the big on the big scene that started in, in the 70s unfortunately he died in a car accident near sarajevo on june 2nd 1969 he was only 30 years old
0: man a lot like dragan petrovic
1: very very similar very similar story like dragan and uh, since then there were no basketball games in Yugoslavia on June second in honor of his oh, wow. this this is actually the place where he died on the road oh, wow. near Sarajevo. He was so actually I, I believe he was traveling to, to meet his teammates for a national team game in Sarajevo and he just wow. never never arrived to the spot. So the Serbian basketball cup, which is the equivalent of the in season tournament that is going to happen in the NBA too. Is called Ruchko's left hand because Ruchko was a left-handed sniper, and you can see the trophy wow. in this photo. So yeah, before that's a that,
0: cool name for a that's like the Larry O'Brien, but it would be like the Larry O'Brien left hand. <laughs> I <like> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, before that, the the second best European champ uh, tournament after Euroleague was also called. Uh, uh, cup of Radivoj Korac but then they changed it after after like 30 years or something like that so that was basically the story of of Sombor's own Radivoj Korac Ruchko.
0: I love it that's a great story so it's interesting Sombor a little factory of uh, superstars before we get out of here I'm gonna ask you one question and I, it's not on the docket here but we're gonna talk about this tomorrow either on the pregame or post-game or maybe both but I don't know if you heard the keeping it 1000 podcast with George Carl this week. He slipped it by me the first time and I didn't respond. So he okay. felt like he had to say it a second time. Like I did when you're hosting, you know how it is. Sometimes if somebody will say something at the very end, but you're just folky reading notes or doing something. I missed it. He says he expects, like he predicts not that it's possible. He said that he predicts when it's all said and done, Nikola Jokic will be a top 10 player in NBA history not a top 10 player currently or of this era in NBA history when you start to think about what that means he's passing up a kobe a curry a kd uh a shaquille O'Neal. he's pat the, the names that he that george carl one of the the sixth winningest coach in NBA history predicts it's pretty what what are you what's your reaction to that
1: uh, George is turning Serbian, man. <laughs> there, there's there's nothing else to, to say about that. I mean, do you think I'm higher or or lower on Jokic than George? I mean, come on. This... Are you higher than George? So are you higher in that?
0: I mean, look, the, the advanced stats suggest that it's within the – that George is just saying yeah. what the advanced stance clarify. But let's be honest, man. To be a top 10 player of all time, you don't just have to be great. You have to do great things on the biggest stages. And, you know, we've seen Jokic be very, very good in the playoffs, but that that that's predicting some pretty lofty things for Jokic ahead, not behind.
1: You, you have many Serbs in your DMs and in your mentions, so you, so you maybe already know this. But a very annoying thing about the Serbs is that we call ourselves jokingly, but also not really jokingly, the heavenly people. <laughs> it's a part of the Inat origin. In spite of all the adversity, we will prevail at the very end because we are the people that came from the skies. Yeah. That course. is the reason why I will never be satisfied with Jokic being the best player in basketball for only one or two seasons. Come on man, <laughs> I want him to become the goat. Is that reasonable? <clears throat> of course not. But who cares? Yeah,
0: who wants reason?
1: <laughs> who wants reasonable? I already spoke before about Djokovic becoming the best tennis player of all time. That I, I think that was fueled by everybody in Serbia wanted him for that to become. I said I don't think Nikola has that kind of size of Inat in, him, in himself. But man, that, that second half against the Clippers... That like thirty six points in second half with five assists and ten rebounds. But what what was it? Th- that's unstoppable. So yeah, I know it's it's completely crazy. He would have to play for another thirteen season to be eligible to 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 speak about uh, top ten player all time. But I can see it statistically at least. He is top three for me. Three things have to happen
0: for him to reach that level because right now he's unguardable, but th- there's another level of unguardable he can get to, and there's three things to me that he can do. One is he has to get meaner. I mean, that Clippers game he became mean. I mean, he was screaming, yeah. he was intense. He wanted, he wanted to make a point, and he does that at times. But I want him to be. This is what Michael Jordan was every night. I mean, practice, he wanted to do this right. He wanted to beat down his own teammates in cards. Like Jokic just doesn't always have that switch. It flips at times, and we see it. But I, it needs that more. The three-point shot. I think that Jokic right now is a good three-point shooter, but it's his counter. If the three-point shot at some nights can actually become his go-to, the way it was for Dirk Nowitzki, where Dirk Nowitzki wasn't using his three-pointer or his jumper to set up other things, that was his go-to. You had to play up on him. If Jokic gets to that, we're seeing his off-the-dribble moves get better and quicker and everything else. But right now, if I'm guarding him, I'm daring him to shoot and closing out on him. If you can get to the point where that's no longer an option, Then you know where he's a Dirk Nowitzki type quick shooter to me, that then it's a game over. And the third thing is, I think he has to become a better leader. I don't know that you can be a top 10 player unless you have some type of leadership to you. That Jokic is still, in my opinion, developing and a little bit behind. And by the way, when I say developing, I'm not sure he actually wants it the way he needs to want it. Um, but that's that's the thing. If he becomes that as well, uh, those three things, then. Are you kidding me i think the nuggets win several championships if he can unlock all three of those things
1: yeah those things go go together hand in hand yeah i agree
0: thank you guys so much for tuning in miroslav this was fun man i might have to kick voya off the show (laughs) (laughs) he's out of here (laughs) will be back next week guys uh i hope you guys are tuning in and subscribing this one will go up on the podcast probably not for a couple hours because i gotta like i said uh, i gotta go on a date but uh, after that, I'll have the show up, and we're doing this every single weekend with Miroslav and Voya. Thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time.